welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast brought to you by Worknicer. On this episode of the podcast, Alex is joined by new host Sean as Gabe is out of town for a little while, but we promise he'll be back shortly. The team this week chats with Stephen Vavada. Stephen is a member of the Blood Tribe, owner and partner in several businesses, and a civil engineer. The team has lots to chat about, so let's dive right in. Welcome to another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. Uh, I'm super excited about this one because I am not with Gabe today. Uh, my name is Alex. I am one of your hosts. And today, to my left, is Sean. Oh my God, thank God Gabe is not here. Hey, Sean. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here too. I'm and more glad that Gabe is not here. <laughs> agreed. Um, Gabe is on a trip and will be back at some point in the future. But regardless... Uh. It's not about me, it's not about Sean, it's not about Gabe, it's about our guest, Sean. Why don't you take a moment and introduce our guest? Well now, today we've got a serial entrepreneur, um, uh, at least two companies now, probably three or four. Four total. Four total, okay. See, good call. It's uh, Stephen Vavada. Um, so is that right, Vavada? Close enough, yeah. Vavada is how everyone in the family says it. Vavada. We had a we had a real strange name though, so I mm. forgive you. I mean, to be, fair, um, to be fair, I know your first name, and your Stevie V. That's there it. Go. That's good enough. Oh, I like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, Stevie V. <laughs> hey, that's Steve's good. That's good. Yeah, just please, please, Steve. <laughs> Where's uh, seriously? Where did Gabe Steve. go? That's yeah, right. yeah, Gabe, come back quick. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've listened to any of the other episodes of this podcast at all, but um, there's this is not a scripted thing. You know, at the end of the day, this we're not really sure where we're going with this, but it is a uh, much like the name implies uh, is a work in progress, and the idea behind it is that there's just so many cool kick-ass stories, and at least for me. I've got some of the most value and some of the most wonderful experiences or lessons or things to think about in these kind of conversations where we're sitting around having a chat and getting into it. So um, I'm excited to see where this goes. We've known each other for a little bit, but we've never really sat down and like done this. No, I mean, we have, uh, we have the odd, you know, five, 10 minutes here and there. I pick your brain a ton. <laughs> I don't know what you get out of the conversation, but I get a ton oh, out of it. So yeah, but never, yeah, never a real sit down confabulation about life and confabulation yeah i'll pull the ten, i'll pull the ten dollar words out boys Dude, don't worry sure. yeah. what was the sean had a, sean said a big word the other day predilection predilection yeah <laughs> um okay so what's the quick version of the long story where where did stevie v come from so i came from uh from very humble beginnings uh the the quick story of the childhood is we moved around a little bit, um, ended up in High River for high school, and that was around the time I started work. Uh, first job was when I was 13. I ended up at a meat packing plant, and uh, that was my initial motivation to finish school and, uh, <laughs> and avoid, avoid jail. <laughs> and that was good enough, seems to have lasted. Uh, after that, uh, I had a mix of jobs, worked at uh, coffee shop, gas stations, convenience stores, uh, and then ended up at University of Calgary for engineering. I turned a four-year program into six years, uh, but I managed to meet my wife. Um, 
do a ton of fun stuff. That was where kind of my initial exposure to uh, business and um, um, entrepreneurship kind of started. Uh, I, I would count, yeah, there's about five businesses, but I'll just count, I count the four. So I was a wedding DJ for a while and I did that enough to pay pay off my debts <laughs> for buying all my records and <laughs> gear, which is more than most people can say. Yeah, uh, and then I ended up in a kind of arts collective where we ended up incorporating for insurance reasons because we ended up doing public art. Hmm. Um, and that's a, as a group called Low Definition. Shout out to Low Definition, boys. Is that, um, is that still a thing? You know, we keep it alive in spirit. We got the Zoom call the other day. Um, there's still some of us kicking around here in Calgary. Some of us have ended up out in British Columbia, which is uh, for all you international listeners that's on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and another gentleman ended up in Australia. Uh, and we get really jealous when he zooms in from the beach. Mm. I hate you, Will. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, we keep it alive, definitely in spirit. It was a huge influence. Like, that's, like, all my all my kind of emotional intelligence came from, from that period because mm. we were out there chilling, chilling to bartend, bar owners, events organizers. I got exposed to some really, really strange characters and got into some strange situations. Um, but, uh, yeah, after that, I, I started up a little social club for a stretch and then, uh, yeah, ended up, uh, starting my engineering company, you know, just to get to the point, I got my engineering company going about five years ago now, May 1st, it's going to be the official five years. And, um, and then, yeah, I just started a, a Hydrovac company, um, Scout Hydrovac. So, uh, we got that going about two months ago. A uh, bit slow, slow start. I guess it's it is tough to run two businesses, <laughs> despite what, despite what I might have thought going into that. But yep. uh, yeah, I've got some great partners um, in that business, and uh, I'm just learning a ton. You know, I I had a quick uh, discussion with somebody the other day, and you know, being uncomfortable is a good sign that you're learning mm-hmm. a lot. And uh, yeah, there's you know, a ton to learn. So I'm really enjoying the, enjoying this part of the journey, this phase of trying to become a better business person, mm. kind of willing myself into it, which <laughs> is again, you know, I didn't end up turning a four year engineering program into six because I'm a genius. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more of like a, a willful person. I get it done on effort and, right. and heart. So I don't know. You made four into six. That's, that's good, right? That's a gain. 50%. Boom. It's a return. You Boom. got you got six years of education for the price of that's four. Like, that's well, a, and also you. That's a good you know. flip of that. I like that. <laughs> right. I, but I got a hundred and fifty percent return on this investment. There you go. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Opportunity but, cost time time sure. value money is a different question. But, but then but then you have to add in the like manage to meet his wife part of that mm. too. Yeah. Like is that a gain yeah, or a over, loss? Way over one fifty boys. <laughs> We're uh, yeah. Let us know. Tell <laughs> tell everybody. Is this a, a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> No, it was awesome. I, 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 I think like I wish more people had a chance to do it at their own pace. You know, schools a, uh, it's not a, it's not a race. It's a marathon. It should be. Um, some people have to work two jobs. Mm-hmm. I was lucky where I was able to pick up some part-time work and and enjoy myself. And I wouldn't have done it any other way for, you know, a hundred reasons. Hmm. So it was, it was good. But. That's awesome. I dropped out of school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, so um, that is a neat story. I want to hear a little bit about the, you said 
all of your emotional intelligence came from that like low definition experience. Get, like, what's an example of that? Oh man, like uh, we had to we had to go try and get gigs around the city, right? Like you got bunch of djs and without an audience <laughs> like what are you <laughs> you know it's like what is a garage band right it's right. just a bunch of guys banging on drums and and guitars so we got out there um and you know i'm a student at the time an engineering student so super nerd and we get out there and you know these are talent bookers bar owners people who have been in the industry for 20 30 years and seen people like me come and go so you know, dealing with rejection, mm-hmm. how to approach people from different walks of life, different motivations. You know, some people think what you do is super cool. Other people want to know what's in it for them. And you got to figure that out super quick. So, uh, you know, there's those types of situations, internal group dynamics. I think, I, I think it's easy to underestimate, you know, how quickly friendship can go into kind of like, business talk mode because mm-hmm. um, you think you'll always be friends but it's a line to walk yeah. and you can screw it up and we we're oh. really we we're really fortunate we didn't that's cool yeah and so you know when we did get close to that line when it was something that um you're like oh if we keep going down this road i don't know if we're gonna still be together yeah um yeah. You, you it's easy in that circumstance to make the choice of like sure okay let's let's err on the side of I still want to love you at the end of this Mm. so you know that's kind of the the training wheels of that where you're like you're never gonna there was never enough on the line to ever say like yeah this is this is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make a self-interested choice here I just love these guys so much I'm gonna I'm gonna always default to that so you know that was and and so I what I what I mean is is there's not always that in business there's not always that in life those types of like guiding principles and so that really helped to steer every conversation every interaction hey what do you guys think hey i gotta get my boys on side i gotta get my team on here i can't just blindly go down this road here because i gotta bring other people behind me so it was a real uh crash course on team motivation Mm -hmm. um sales pitching yeah you know all that and then evolution right like how do you manage change and how do you bring new people into what you're doing and Mm -hmm. and and so there's and there's you know when you're doing it for love out of passion it's just it's always in the back of your head Mm -hmm. so it's just like i think i i really hate the ten thousand hour rule for things like you need to put in so much time because i think intention and your own investment and how seriously you take something is a huge impact to what you get out of any kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that like that, that intensity of the experience and how relevant it was to me personally, just turned it into this real deep, meaningful kind of piece of me. Hmm. <clears throat> so then that's awesome. Uh, I love, so deep, meaningful part of you. So clearly it's something it's lasted it's it's presumably guiding you in what you do on a regular basis if you didn't if you hadn't had that experience what do you think and i know it's tough to say but like what do you think would be different now like what is there stuff that you don't think you would have ever learned or 
you would have learned through some other way. You know what I mean? Like, cause, and the reason I'm asking this is like, for me, I, I feel like, you know, I knocked doors for 10 years selling alarm systems and to, from an emotional intelligence perspective, like it completely changed who I was. And I, in a lot of ways, I can't imagine, you know, like if I could have ever got that experience and it, and it, it impacts me every day and how I deal with people and how I approach stuff and help me establish values and guiding principles. And so uh, I'm just curious, like, you know, is it that impactful? Is it like every day you're like, you're, you know, truly pulling from this. And if you hadn't had it, you know, what could you have done or would you have realized you needed to go get it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some, there's some pieces I would have got. Mm-hmm. For example, I remember, um, at some point my career networking became important probably about 11 years ago <laughs> I remember, but i remember it so vividly like the very first event i went to where i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna meet people and i'm gonna i'm gonna intentionally try and network and it was a uh, engineering uh, event put on by our uh, our regulating body of hega mm-hmm. and so it's a room full of engineers and so yeah, th- that's typically a great room to network God, with. God, man, I would never go to that event. <laughs> but uh, at the time, everybody's awkward, so you just think it's normal to stutter and kind of muddle your way through conversation. Uh, but I actually met uh, a gentleman named Gary Bosgood at that event. He was being honored at that event, and he's become a mentor of sorts, but I'll, I won't get into that. But I remember doing going to that event, and I could not talk to somebody for longer than five minutes without just having nothing mm-hmm. to speak about. Like I just ran out of, ran out of ammunition mm. and then it would just be super awkward. <laughs> you know, it, the funny thing is, is about that is when you're in a networking event, you kind of want to try to limit your interactions to about five minutes. Right. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, yeah. but when, but if it's like, you know, it should never get awkward. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. You gotta, you gotta pull the, pull the parachute out before that point but regardless so those types of events and that happened actually after that whole crew came together and mm-hmm. I had a bunch of experience speaking to um, um, bar owners and stuff and I was way more comfortable in that in that room in that area than I was speaking to other professionals and engineers and hmm. um, why is that uh, it, I don't know I guess it was like I might get fired <laughs> I say yeah. something wrong. I piss off the wrong. I don't know. I guess I I thought the stakes were really high. Yeah, right. Because you're you're like I'm gonna meet people who I might one day want to hire me or do business with or you so know, I, and, and and I was such a low man on the on on the on the, the org chart mm-hmm. that everybody I'm speaking to is you know above me. Like, there's mm-hmm. no peers. There's no colleagues. There's no other kind of grunts in the room um, that I was you know looking to connect with because you're not you don't network down (laughs) so do you think that like and is that different for you now walking into a room and because it's like like because it couldn't have been super valuable in that time to like have that attitude or that perspective um yeah i mean just real quick to to like back to the original kind of question around um could i have gotten some of the lessons from that um, DJ group experience in businesses and I, I guess like answers yeah I think I, I could have but it would have never been um, it, it, it would have been more around business and 
engineering than it was around like people and passion and and art and like Mm -hmm. and 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 like how do you talk to people with different backgrounds and tastes Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing um well it sounds like fundamentally it's putting yourself outside of your like throwing yourself outside of the comfort zone yeah absolutely yeah you know getting out of the office getting off the computer the internet behind a screen and around people that you know make you feel intimidated places that you haven't been it's like how important is that yeah yeah it is huge and uh, sorry I, I forgot the last question you asked there about like oh in terms of like walking into a room or being around a group of people or because clearly it was some sort of a worry self-doubt self-confidence some something yeah that was holding you back which you know looking back now i can only imagine that it's like well if only i had just adjusted the mindset you know, it could have been maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I said I, I've gotten to where I am at a will mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff, and I think I, I try really hard to learn uh, a lesson before I kind of have to learn it and pay for it. <laughs> like, like I, I try to pride myself on learning from other people's mistakes, but the the for me, it'll always be the case where the best lessons are the one you pay for. Oh yeah, and <laughs> so the and this and this happened in in the low definition group and it happened in business it happened in engineering where the more at bats the more attempts i had the better i got at it right and i don't know if but i've never i've never been able to figure out a better way around it it's just throw yourself into it get get a bunch of attempts keep the uh keep the risks as low as possible um you know keep the stakes really low initially and then once you feel comfortable then Mm -hmm. you know turn it up Hmm. there's there's a reason why you know, elite athletes practice you know, 10 times as much as they play games, mm-hmm. right? Get those reps in where, like you said, it's low risk. And then yeah, when c- you play the game, you're, you'll, you'll do much better. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, the when the pressure's on, mm-hmm. like when I actually am in a room with somebody I really want to do business with, it, you have to be relatively unconscious about it. Like you need to be in the moment, you need to be focused on them, and you can't be thinking about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Every or you can't be conscious about what you're doing. Of course, yeah. um, because then that comes off as insecure. It could be, it yeah. could come off anyway. Authentic. But yeah, <coughs> right. but but but, but, but yeah, that that like muscle memory, the mental kind of um, routine you go through. Right. You mm-hmm. know that, that's that's key. I think to to perform. Yeah, to perform in that pressure situation. Right. So flipping a little bit to current, you know, you said, you, you know, to anybody who doesn't know you, you know, scout engineering, they might think, hey, oh, okay, an engineering firm, what's the big deal here? So um, I think, you know, the scouts far more than just your standard run-of-the-mill engineering consulting company. Can you dive into that a little bit? Like, what are you trying to actually do? Or not just trying, what are you doing that's yeah, for actually sure. impactful? What? I think is different about us is you you'll listen to us you'll hear us talk you'll you'll observe us and you will you, you will not hear the word engineering through 90% of the day hmm. like right. just just a bit of you know how does somebody start an engineering company typically typically 99.9% of engineering companies start because somebody's really good at something 
and <laughs> say, I'm not getting enough money yeah. for what I'm doing. I'm going to go do this. So they're a bridge engineer. They start a bridge engineering company. Hmm. They're a water engineer. They go start a water engineering company. I bounced around. I've, I've, I've always been a terrible employee. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was, you know, shout out to my old bosses. You guys, you guys are heroes. Uh, you know, I admit it, you know, and I, and I used to, you know, probably in the past, not think highly of my bosses. Now I totally flipped. I'm like, I know how y'all put up with me for, mm. for as long as you did. Cause I was, I was tough. I was a tough kid to my mom. I'm a tough employee. I'm probably just all around difficult person to be around, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, um, uh, the engineering side of it, you know, I'm, I would say I'm, like, I'm a reluctant engineer or sorry, a reluctant entrepreneur. Um, like I wanted to be an engineer, sorry. <laughs> uh, but the engineering business came about because I, I was in a spot where, um, I was in, I was trying to work with indigenous communities. So first nations, Métis, Inuit communities, I was trying to work with them and I kept bumping up against systemic issues. You know, uh, I would say, oh, we should be helping to help start up businesses in these communities because there's a big project coming mm -hmm. and they need to have this capacity in place before the project comes, not when it comes, um, because, you know, they, they, they need to be in a spot to succeed. And, you know, my bosses who are great and extremely supportive, you know, would say, well, there's no business case for it. I don't see how we're going to. Um, make that money back or you know and and to be fair they had already committed a lot of uh, corporate resources to what we were trying to do it wasn't like they were trying to plead poverty it was just you know yeah. I saw the need and we couldn't do it so in 2016 I went to work for the government and um, I was I was helping out with a group of communities and a friend of mine came up to me and said you need to take what you're doing and you need to start a business you need to help these communities shout out to ruby little child she's a, <laughs> she's a girl girl boss of all girl bosses there uh she is the one who kicked me in the butt and said you need to do this and i took it to heart uh i said okay you know am i am i in a position to do this i fight fiscally emotionally professionally ready to kind of take this risk and I was really fortunate to be in a situation where, yeah, I'm not the single income earner of the family. Mm -hmm. I got extreme privilege for a lot of reasons. And I looked around and I said, yeah, if I don't do it, I don't know who is. Um, so, you know, I, I was interested in business. Like I said, I had other businesses that I had started, but it was low stakes, you know, it's for fun. This was like a for real, like you're, you're risking you're going to risk something. You don't know what you're going to put up, but you're right. going to risk something. This is it. Yeah. And, and so I, I just said, you know, if I don't do this, no one else will. I got to do the kind of work that I need. I see needs to be done. Right. And that's kind of the origin of the company is like this kind of someone pushing me off the edge. Hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's in indigenous communities. You have elders, you have leaders, you have people that you trust. And they really help guide you and we try to help each other out and and that was an example of it where somebody really saw it in me saw i was yeah. ready i didn't believe in myself but they did mm -hmm. and 
they gave me that little you know like sometimes you just need that you need someone to say i think you're ready i believe in you i'm i'm going to support you as much as i can mm-hmm. go do it and and i'll be cheering you on well <clears throat> absolutely i mean it's you know at least at work nature our whole thing is that you know no one succeeds alone right so there's always like anybody that has any degree of success or has um gained traction mm-hmm. or what have you it's like somebody somewhere it's like you can point and and attribute you know most of the time it's many many people but yeah oftentimes there's that one or two people where it's like man that person really did it for me but yeah. um i love what you said how is that it took that one person to kind of push you up the ledge uh because now you know there was clearly you, you said that it needed to be done yeah and, and just like to get back to like what makes us different because yeah. we are not a bridge or a water engineering yeah. company yeah. we are a problem solving company right well and that's what i want to ask when you say yeah what it was clear that something different needed to happen and yeah. that some work that it needed to be done what is the it what what needed to be done the unique insight i have and i'm from the blood tribe i'm um you know one of the first people in our family to not go to residential school i have a cousin who's six seven years older than me who was in residential school and who's my like idol she went to go be a lawyer and she's now an elected counselor with uh, the nation that she's from six nation oh wow cool and so she's always been my role model i've always um really strived um to to kind of live up to that but the the it like the thing that needed to be done is to have a unique insight and apply engineering principles and problem solving to this space because I, I was watching big massive companies or and small companies everybody kind of come through and work with indigenous communities and yet things never improved hmm. and and the it was actually stepping back and saying this isn't working like I'm an engineer and I get in trouble if my bridge falls down but yet we've got water treatment plants failing we've got roads that are in terrible condition like you know you've yeah. you've crossed over onto the reserve when the road mm-hmm. is almost undrivable you know rutted out no ditch uh, mud pit you know you name it it's there and i'm watching it and i'm saying that's enough is enough so the it is really just putting your foot down and saying i'm not gonna stop until i figure this out and you know what's actually like I would, what's frustrating for me is that we're, we're doing it as a small company but i could have done it anywhere i could have done it when i was in in larger firms i could have done it when i was at the government i could have done everything i'm doing there but it just wasn't there's was no appetite for that mm-hmm. for to to say like okay let's figure it out right um so the it is really um, doing a deep dive into the systems like when you hear systemic racism when you hear systemic mm-hmm. poverty when you hear these what it speaks to is that there's all these different people and forms and organizations and government regulations there's all of this infrastructure built up around people individuals actors the workers the the, the technicians the bureaucrats and they're all in there playing their part but they don't they don't zoom out and see what's actually happening and and every every person in those systems is just doing their job 
they're just they're just doing their job and and you 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 kind of go into that person's mind and you're like yeah they're doing the right thing like there's nothing inherently wrong with that mm-hmm. but you're running a big machine that's just spitting right. out spitting out high youth suicide you know diabetes high unemployment misery and 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 the it the thing that we do differently is we just don't put up with it and 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 that sounds really nice how do you actually yeah. do it right mm-hmm. well you have to like develop this kind of systems thinking approach to engineering problems so we don't say the problem can be resolved by technical solutions we always go back and we say how are the people in this situation going to use our solution how is what our what how is what we're doing going to be implemented and used for the next 5 and 10 years and we're never satisfied with just going out and building something and handing it off. It's like we want to have an, an ongoing conversation and relationship with our clients and with the communities and the people in it that are using what we've done or our, you know, our work product. And we want to know, hey, what did we get right? Did this work? Did we use, do we utilize your local operators and businesses for this and how did that help them how do we how do we continue to work on that so yeah we we end up putting people back into the engineering equation where i think a lot of engineers want to reduce a problem down to its simplest form mm. right we need to make clean water right which is the smallest possible box where ours is we need a healthy community mm. that has clean drinking water and roads and sewer and 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 jobs and you know so in a lot of ways we do make our lives difficult well yeah people are not easy yeah that's the only way to get to a solution Hmm. so that when i say like we're a problem solving company is yeah we just you know i call it like zooming in and zooming out yeah we we say okay well here's the problem you think you have let's zoom out is that actually the case and then let's zoom back in and say like is that still where yeah. are we? And you do that until you feel good about I'd, the frame I'd, that you've set around the problem. I'd love to know how do you shake, as you say, it's a systemic problem. So how did you go about shaking people out of those processes that they're just so used to doing? And it's from all sides, from the beginning of you know, when a dollar is supposed to go into the community to when it's being spent and utilized. you know when it's inherent and systematic, how did you shake people out of that? Yeah, I mean, you gotta work with the right people. I think, you know, when um, you get into those situations where, you know, there's massive inertia in those groups and there's, everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. Nobody's a villain in their own story. Mm -hmm. So when you come to them and say, hey, there's all these bad outcomes, they don't ever consider it their fault. Right. Or they'll justify what they're doing or they'll say, I was just following the rules. I was just following this policy. I got my marching orders or, oh, this was how it was handed to me. I took over from somebody else. I think it's um, the key to shaking somebody out of that is to be really compassionate. To just say, like, you have to get so deep into it. You're like, I just, I really appreciate you and what you're trying to do. That you think you're doing the right thing and you do have good values and you're a good person. I'm not saying anything bad about you. I'm just saying we could do better. Mm-hmm. And then start from there. And you have the conversation, which is really open, and just say, 
I don't have all the answers as somebody coming in trying to fix this thing. Yeah. I'm only going to get there if you're with me and it doesn't matter what we, what we managed to figure out and the solutions we put forward. If you in this system can't use it. So right. we can dream up the greatest solutions and fix all the world's problems. But if, yeah. but if, if you're not there with us, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Uh, I find that so interesting because as you were going through <clears throat> and saying that about, you know, uh, people saying this is how it was handed to me or I was just doing what I was told or I'm just checking a box and where my head was going was like these just sound like excuses of course and for you to say what you just said about you know be very compassionate meet them where they're at and hear that I mean it's um, I don't know that would be very very hard I feel well, and we're, we're 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 taking on some pretty big problems. Yeah. We already started. <laughs> we true. already started with the uh, the video game set on extreme difficulty. Oh, there, yeah. you know, like there's there's really no no holding back once you're yeah. And I think that's the toolkit we've developed, um, and that and that's the kind of per- people that we try to recruit in the company mm-hmm. are the ones that are are that's that are extremely compassionate. Like, you you have to have an extreme level of patience. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to care so much mm-hmm. that it's almost it almost is too much. Like you will almost burn yourself out. You care so much, and so a lot of a lot of what we try and at least personally, like what I try and do is to make our internal kind of business culture extremely supportive. Don't put pressure on people because everybody's already putting so much of themselves in it because they want so much to see right. great great change. We, we don't need to targets and metrics on it because we're already going doing things which nobody's tried before yeah you know and and so it's uh it is tough it is tough to to not hear excuses Mm -hmm. but i think once you just once you acknowledge that that person doesn't think they're bad Mm -hmm. and you if you were in their spot you would think you were doing the right thing too totally and that's and that's kind of the extreme empathy you need to kind of create that systemic change that's like that is the (laughs) almost the description of what happens when you're in a systemic like process that's going on whether it's you know systemic racism or systemic you know bad use of capital that's coming in that should be going and improving things and that sort of stuff yeah and i feel like i'm not doing it justice if i don't give an example like and this is kind of our crown jewel project so far is we had a community bring us in and they said we think if we take over this part of the federal infrastructure delivery process we think we think if we take this over we're going to be able to improve our community outcomes and from my experience and all my all my uh, time in the government and as a consultant as an engineer I saw what they wanted to do and I said I don't think that's going to get you what you want mm-hmm. like I can do it but I don't think it's going to land where you want it to land. And they said, okay, well, tell us what, tell us what we should be doing. And so um, I, I went back, took this whole complicated system apart piece by piece. And I was fortunate to know it pretty well already. But I took it apart, pieced it all together and said, okay, well, here's, here's where the decisions are getting made. Here's where the bureaucrats are touching it and, and making, making their um, evaluations on on what's happening and um, if you want to get to that end point you're gonna have to take this larger 
problem on. Like remember I said there's that zooming in and zooming out mm-hmm. thing where you have to set the right frame of your problem definition, mm-hmm. like where what problem are we solving? And so they were extremely supportive, open-minded and professional. Like this is a community with extremely competent staff, which is unfortunately somewhat rare. Mm. And 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 they knew what I was talking about. So they already had the competency to hear what I was saying and and understand yes we agree so there's so many things that had to go right for this to happen yeah. but they but they said yes okay you've got it you've you've got the right problem to fix go ahead and do it and so what we did was we took the whole federal infrastructure delivery system for First Nations apart and said um, what's what you're doing is you're creating a poverty cycle so they're out there saying, oh, clean drinking water, um, we got to solve that problem, throw a bunch of money at it. Yeah. And the judgments they're making are based on health and safety risk, which sounds good. And when you're in the system and you're, you're saying like, no, no, we're, we're prioritizing things based on risks to human life. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing is, is you're, you're constantly going back to uh, the same problem over and over and over again. Like those... Um, situations which have the least likelihood to succeed inevitably result in ongoing failures and issues and they were just throwing money at those problems Mm -hmm. is what it amounted to and you can just from that you can see like if you're a well-run community with competent staff and things aren't falling apart and and the things that need to be kept running are running like your water treatment plants like your roads and you're doing it on a shoestring budget you don't get the money you don't get the opportunity to get out of that poverty cycle hmm. and so you know that's the quickest fastest way to explain kind of what we saw and then there were solutions we put forward around you know incentivizing those communities that that keep their staff on board and maintain their infrastructure right. and have good process and good governance and um, you know you do that by allowing them to pick any project they want Mm-hmm. Like, why are you putting limits on the types of things these communities can build? Like, it's their decision. If they want to build a daycare, don't stop them. Yeah. You know, if they can keep their school running for 50, 60 years, yeah. then they should be able to build a college, right? Like, what? why are you holding them back for the, yeah. you know, from, from that kind of prosperity? So... You know, I'm I'm oversimplifying it. Probably, well, of course, there's you there's have a to. there's a there's a one minute, there's a five minute, and there's a there's a five day version of this. Well, there's, there's there's probably an entire like yeah. degree we could get on. Yeah. This. We, we we we've been working on this for about three years. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and totally. I love how like you you talk so much about how uh, patience is critical, and this clearly is. You know, you could just read through and imagine the the you know the levels and degrees and ongoing commitment to patience and empathy and understanding and um so thinking about then that that's what you do for to and with other people how does that work for you in your own business because you are a person who clearly likes to get stuff done right yeah um what is what has that meant for you and your business, especially over, I mean, you said you started it five years ago. So, you know, half of the lifetime of your business has been in the middle of this pandemic. Um, how does that, like, how's that going? <laughs> yeah. What does it mean? Like a COVID and all that? I, 
what does it mean to throw people in the into this midst of this mat like very very aspirational vision mm-hmm. which does not have an end like it's very it's very difficult to see an end to this like i think a lot of companies will say oh once we get through this next product cycle or once we get our series a series b or once we get once we go public like there's these end these there's these end um kind of points to it and you're kind of putting that up on the board and saying oh we're gonna get here whereas i think what our what it means for the people in scout engineering is it's a process and we have to be in it for each other mm-hmm. um so it's what is it, it means that like in a world where everybody's seeking purpose and place and meaning you're going to get it in spades but you're also going to be challenged mm. and like i'm put i'm i'm putting you in a position to actually make a difference but you're going to have to be in the fight with me and so it's uh what it i i can only assume what it might be like is um it, it probably feels for employees it probably feels like for people who come in it probably feels uh extremely motivating but also very confusing nebulous there's like what is what are we doing what is like we get into these weird projects and we're just like doing stuff i don't understand like what is this and and so i need to be there supporting everybody through that and then try to get better at that and as an organization try to get better at um uh training people bringing them on onboarding them quickly getting them up to speed with this unique business model this unique way of trying to operate and um it, like i don't need to worry about motivating my people i need to worry about making sure they don't get overwhelmed mm. so mm. It's, it's only it's not pr- about protecting them it's right. about kind of how do i give them the tools to manage this need to be compassionate and not right. to not to just throw throw their pencils down and say okay we're done like this isn't gonna this isn't gonna change and and so like growing patience growing yeah. tolerance growing their compassion empathy um which is already really strong totally. that's why they're there yeah exactly um but you know i i think if i when i think about like what it's like for somebody it's probably like in the company it's probably very um it must just feel like you just jumped on a ship that's in 50 foot waves and right and yep. you're like yep. i can't see the shore and no, totally and and we're all like holding the rigging so the so the the sails and, don't snap off and and in the meantime you're gonna be telling them don't worry everyone this is fine everything is fine <laughs> this is exactly as we expected and in, and in the meantime especially given the minds that you needed to change and like the time it probably takes to change minds and as we know like all of us here run companies or are in the middle of running companies and those first few years are not great like how did you like how do you manage that you know the the difficulties that come with entrepreneurship with like ensuring that you know everything's okay on the surface of it yeah i mean there's the your 
there's your internal chaos and then yeah. <laughs> if you want to you know as much as we'd love to hide it i don't mind sharing it sometimes like if you follow me on linkedin i'm pretty public with like yeah we struggled things got pretty dark there for a stretch pre-covid and i actually think i was really lucky like i got a chance to learn uh, like I, I think what really sucks for a lot of business owners in covid and to speak mm-hmm. to like yeah what's covid like actually we've just been killing it in covid and i don't mean it as like hey pat yourself on the back Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to speak to. We really, really tanked in 2019. Like it was ugly. And I went through a ton of personal soul searching. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I need to get a job? <laughs> oh, is, oh my God. The is, worst thing ever. <laughs> dreaded, oh no. Are dreaded. you going to have to work for like exactly. someone like Alex or exactly. something? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That'd be the worst. I think that would suck. To uh, you know, that would be and, terrible. And that's and it's actually the second time I've been through something like that. So you know, previously I had a long stretch of unemployment where, you know, I was like, I'll just go work at the Seven Eleven until I can get an engineering job, and I would have done it. And there's nothing sure. wrong with that. I actually and and all, going through those types of hard times humbles you extremely. But anyways, we went through a tough time, and I got to learn the, why the business wasn't working mm-hmm. before COVID hit. So I learned my lessons. And I couldn't blame them on the pandemic. Like you can have a bad business and then the pandemic comes and then all of a sudden you're in the tank and you're like, Jesus, like it's the pandemic or if only the pandemic hadn't come. Yeah, of course. I've seen that a lot. And I sympathize with people. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not shitting on your business if if you did come on hard times because of COVID because it's tough. Like it Mm -hmm. is, you're getting kicked every day and I'm there with you. Like Like I said, I went through it pre-COVID and we came out of it and and like we changed the business model we we changed how we were competing for work how we were trying to win business and we came out of it stronger um and now we're on a really healthy trajectory you know uh some pretty 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 hectic growth you know almost almost too much growth Mm -hmm. um but managing through COVID I got to tell a story real quick so we had this is one this one lady started with us and um she was a reference somebody had said hey you should really talk to this person i think you could work with her and so zoomed her up this was in the middle of the pandemic and like everybody's locked down so we're zooming (laughs) all of a sudden she's you know working with us six seven months go by and i realized i've never actually met this person wow but we've we've been on zoom every day half an hour every day and it's like it's it's almost as good as any work relationship i've ever had Hmm. and i just totally yeah i was like i'm sold remote work you know decentralized web enabled whatever this future is i'm all in and and i think like that so the covid situation actually was an opportunity to go all in on some of these things and to see the possibilities and to, and you don't have a choice, right? Like I'd be lying if I said I, I would have done that regardless. Like I would have tried, I would have never hired somebody without meeting them prior to this situation. No, now I'm all in. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I can, I don't need, I don't ever need to meet somebody to in person to have a good working relationship with somebody. Huh? Yeah. That's interesting. Do you think that that's going to like, that is, completely replicable replicable well i know like i I think you gotta you gotta acknowledge like the unique circumstances around that like we're a small company 
I have the ability to spend a lot of time with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, I don't think it's, it's easily replicated, mm-hmm. but I think it's something to strive for. Like how right. can, how can I recreate that experience as close as possible? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the benefits far outweigh the risks. Um, and, and it's going to be, the future is going to look a lot more like that than it does like the past. You know, if you can kind of, Oh, I agree. Put yeah. A, I, put a, put a kind of vision on it. Yep. Yeah. This has accelerated the learning curve of doing things differently for so many people, right? Being open to remote, like you said, remote work or, you know, distributed, you know, anyway. Blah, blah, uh, blah. And I honestly, I think it's, it's interesting because in, you know, when we were chatting about the, you know, where things were a little bit tough and getting through that, you know, almost the benefit of that happening before the pandemic was that you're already in that mode of figuring it out anyways right so it was almost like as much as it's a blessing for a lot of businesses that were able to i'm not going to say the p word pivot um (laughs) but who were able to like see the opportunities that came from the world changing that way you know you were already in that mode of looking for those things yeah we're already in the change mindset right like that I, I, I don't like to throw the mindset like like that's a, all the podcasts I listen to I hear mindset mindset yeah. mindset but yep. what your your openness to recalibration and and messing with the way the engine yeah. operates that's definitely there and that's what I mean about like I learned I learned the right lessons before the pandemic right I've already changed and we didn't pivot we just said like we're not we're not landing every shot we take here sure our success rate is way too low we gotta we gotta rejig this everyone thinks their success rate is way too low unless it's a hundred percent yeah 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 I, I we're doing pretty good we're not a hundred percent but no, we're, we're, we, we found our niche and and we're really lucky to do that and that's that they, what you're talking about is you the the perseverance and openness mm-hmm. inherent in somebody when they go into a situation because i think you can build up this self-assuredness and this confidence this cockiness and you build it up sometimes as a tool sometimes Mm -hmm. to go into a room and win people over Mm -hmm. or to or to close a deal or or you think you need that um like you need to come in as the undefeated warrior and people are buying that where i think what I got out of it was, is I, it still sucks, but people still want to work with me. I'm not able to win these projects, but people are calling me up saying, we want to work with you. Hmm. I'm like, so that's good. But our like way, the way that the, we're trying to win this stuff is not landing. So our purpose, our, our, our value proposition is there. We just need to tweak this. Whereas I think with COVID, it kind of kicked over the whole apple cart for people and they don't know what to change. They're just like, their people are confused. Their clients aren't paying. The supply chains are screwy. There's, you know, cause it's like for us, it was just, it just needed a couple tweaks. Right. It wasn't massive. But other people are dealing with like having to change six, seven, eight variables in their formulas mm-hmm. and they don't know what's landing. So they're bumping up and down, oscillating you know, between like winning, losing big, yep, winning, losing yep. big, and they don't know what the ingredients are. And they're, 
you know, if they managed to make it this far, they've probably dialed it in. But that period, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine because you, you're so at the whims of circumstance. Whereas, like, you know, we came into it, like you said, Sean, with a uh, mindset of, mm -hmm. you know, being open and absorbing all of these things that are coming in and saying, oh, we, we don't need to deal with that. We don't need to deal with that. Oh, this is something we need to figure out. And then you just do that. Well, that's what you're saying in terms of saying what well, you can't imagine. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It's the same thing, right? Those who have managed to push through have, you know, that openness, perseverance, all the things you just said, that willingness, that mindset to adapt and change. But I, I wonder if we're going to have like a golden age of entrepreneurship coming out of this thing because there's... Man, like the willpower yeah. muscle that's been yep. built up in people, the calluses, the hard conversations. I think a lot of it too is for people, they've discovered that, you know, when you like do a different type of a workout, or if you haven't worked out for a long time, you go back to the gym, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I'm sore in places I didn't realize that I had muscles. I feel like that's what that willpower muscle is, is that it's like people, a lot of people, uh, it was either way underdeveloped or they had it and they didn't realize it. And I think that that, uh, without question, we're going to see um, certain people who have just been able to take that and they're going to be able to run forward with it in a way that never would have happened otherwise, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, like I I think the other thing too in, in all the stories is um, for us, we were already operating in a space where we're, we're working with communities and people that are, um, experiencing a lot of disruption mm -hmm. every day so the pandemic was more the impacting same. yeah it was right. like I was like great tell me the weather like, it was just like <laughs> yeah and what you know 100%. like we, we work with communities that get flooded every year oh. they're on forest fire watch uh you know like it's just go ahead catastrophe that's this, after catastrophe yeah this this was actually not that bad i won't say it, it you know it was it has mm -hmm. hugely impacted a lot of communities of course but they already had this is really interesting is those communities indigenous communities a lot of the ones we work with already had a really great support system in place mm -hmm. and they banded together tremendously right uh compared to what you you know is out there that you're hearing about where yeah. there's you know people arguing about vax unvax there's really no, you know, there's not that argument on in the, on the reserve in the communities that we work with. There's there's people who won't get vaccinated for reasons, but everybody's very compassionate, understanding about there. There's not yeah. that like getting mad at each other about Us it versus them. Yeah, because yeah, it's like we're there's a very like um, strong bond amongst the people. So. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> speaking about pivot. Pivot. What's the next? The P word. What's next? Yes, yeah, Scout Hydrovac, <clears throat> onward and upward. There's new opportunities. Uh, you, I think I had this conversation where people, somebody just didn't understand what the heck I was doing. Hmm. Like you got a good company, things are going great, engineering, that's your trade. What's this thing? Why is this? Why is this a thing? And uh, I'm just running my own race, man. Like I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, on, I'm going down my own road. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at this like it's an opportunity to learn a new industry. Uh, it turns the tables. Like we frequently work with contractors on the engineering side of things where they're trying to win work from us. Right. Now I'm trying to win work from them. So it's created this whole new relationship with 
folks that I've known for for de- a decade. Hmm. All of a sudden, now I'm coming to them trying to understand their business model and right. their how do they make decisions, and and it's just incredibly rewarding to get to know somebody in a different way hmm. that you've known for a long time. Yeah, and the you know why why this hydrovac business why that it's somebody i've known for a long time came up to me and said hey you know what we want to figure out this indigenous procurement thing you know we've had pitches but we don't really like them we want to work with you and uh, i appreciated that and i said awesome all right i think i can i think i can do this so the you know for me the future is about seeing these opportunities setting myself up to take advantage of them um, embracing the possibility of like what this could be and you know I would never have thought that um, this new business would be a way to grow the engineering business as much as it has been yeah because now I've I've, I've opened up this whole new understanding of an industry and, and a group of folks that do need help in how they work with indigenous communities, construction companies, mm-hmm. these service industry folks, they want to do good. They're good people. Like I said, no one's a villain in their own story, but now the world is, is trying to tell them like, Hey, you've got to work with these indigenous groups in these communities. And like anyone who has a new set of metrics thrown in front of them that they didn't develop, they're struggling to figure it out. So we're in there while we're doing the hydrovac work also, you know, volunteering a lot of the lessons we've learned right. on the engineering side, and they appreciate it. They really value that. So it's like they're, you know, they're not just bringing in a new vendor, or a new supplier. They're bringing in somebody who's trying to help their business succeed. And so it's just like really turned my head in right. terms of like how to how to how to win work, how to drive sales. What do you do with your life as an entrepreneur? And your business and and you're doing this through the hydrovac company is that what you're saying somehow yeah 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 so i'm out there pitching the yeah, hydrovac yeah. company but then right. they, they know me right because they, they they've worked with you at in, in other facets yeah yeah they yeah. know me as the engineer the guy runs this company that mm-hmm. you know and and they're scratching their heads too but yeah but it, it does it creates this environment where people are curious and they're they want to know more they, and and so there's this like openness to the conversations that I just I'm really loving. Seriously, really you honestly like building those relationships and building that trust with people is honestly 95% of the way there. Mm-hmm. You could if you have that trust with people and you believe in a certain product or a certain thing that you're going to do, you can do that thing and know that they'll they'll trust in you that you're going to do it right and you're going to do it well. So What's after Hydrovac? How many more businesses is it going to be? See, we'll see how many bullets are in the chain. Yeah, right. I think, I, got, <laughs> well, I, think you know, I also want to. I also want to train other entrepreneurs course, right. and, and people in the company. And I always think, like, if I can help somebody else succeed, it'll always come back to you. So yeah. I want to. I want to do that. I want to give back. I'm actually thinking of starting up some uh, charitable arm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, try to deepen our involvement and in kind of. Um, that systemic understanding in the leaders of these communities that we work with, right. um, give them some of the tools that we've developed internally for our employees and, and, and try to bring that, um, language that we use and that expertise we have into their lives and, uh, and, and figure that out. Cause 
we are just a small piece of the puzzle. Like we come in and we do our work, but we're not living it. Um, these these community leaders and and other folks in the community they're in the middle of it and true and so we gotta we gotta get in there and help out well what i love too though is that you're doing this through two companies that on the surface would look pretty boring <laughs> hey, oh it's another dude. engineering oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hydrovat company oh, yeah. right yeah and so i think it's cool that this is where guiding principles values giving a shit doing what matters like mm-hmm. you know like that's the kind of stuff that you you don't have to necessarily go and become a full on uh, volunteer or philanthropist or or tech you know, entrepreneur. <coughs> sure, I need to I need to go sure. start an app and yeah, I I've actually I think like the you asked what's next. I think at some point we're gonna start to bolt on some of this new Web 3.0, you know, blockchain stuff to what we do and and I'm not I'm actually not that interested in it. Um, cause it's, it's all about how you use it. Like anything. Yeah. 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 And, and I actually, I'm not worried about getting there first cause no one's doing like, that's what I saw is no one was doing. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I'm actually, like I said, I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. I actually, if I could have been doing what I'm doing in any of the companies I ever worked at, mm-hmm. I'd still be there. Right. But it just wasn't there cause I don't think there was that purpose and drive and the why as people say Mm -hmm. there's none of that in there to say like we'll give up the short term for this long-term vision and uh and the boring yeah absolutely it's boring (laughs) but you have to i think start at the simple before you make it complicated Mm -hmm. yeah well and it doesn't necessarily ever have to get complicated what uh, the reason i say boring is because you know, I think that people think it, you can't make impact through traditional or boring means. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah, right? do that by driving a truck that has a massive vacuum on it that <laughs> sucks up <laughs> wastewater and shit. Yeah, let's go suck out that manhole, boys. Right? We're yeah, going to totally. save the world. Right? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, we always go to the the big, shiny, sexy so thing. So aspirational yeah. or... Right? Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's, you know, it's, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, the world doesn't change. I, I really don't, I don't believe in like the big man or big change stuff. Like even the mm-hmm. iPhone, right? Like the iPhone's a mix of like a cell phone and an iPad. Mm-hmm. Remember like the iPod, iPad touch. And they're like, oh my God, it's the iPhone. I'm like, it's an iPad, an iPod touch with a cell phone in it. Like I didn't, I don't get it. I don't know why that's like our our like world changing moment of the past 20 years is this technical device when the world's burning, when we've got homeless people everywhere, when we're struggling to hold our society together during a pandemic, is that what we needed? I don't think so. I think it's now more than ever, it's the compassion and the understanding to say like, nobody's evil, like Mm -hmm. anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers or the people who want to get all the kids vaccinated. No one's evil. And 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 I just get along with everybody because I just don't ever see them really having that in them. Like, yeah, I mean, you run into it every now and then, but truly, it's rare. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when true. you when you see it that way, you're like, I can get down with this guy. I can get down with this person who's, you know, doesn't want to get vaccinated. I get him. All good. So that's I think to me that's the thing that what uh, was missing the it. 
is just giving a shit, just mm. caring, just saying like, mm. I'm going to get stuck in here and I'm going to care so much that I'm going to figure it out. Right. Hmm. And that, <clears throat> that can be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're telling me, yeah. you're telling me five years. I didn't look like this when we started. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you, you said something about giving up short term for the long term. What does that mean in practicality? From what so, did you give so, up? What is this like for family? How has it been? Like, where, how's that? It's great. You can go, because, you know, if, if you give so much to your uh, work, mm-hmm. you know, not just work, because I, I don't believe in work life balance. There's this integration thing. But, you know, I think that can, <clears throat> it can be tough when you're, you're leaving it all out on the field. And then when you head back home, what does that mean? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta really have your, you gotta have your head screwed on straight. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of that, like I, I don't get to this point if I haven't, you know, gotten the party life out of me. Like I got no desire to go to the bar and party, or you know, or to see already that the trappings of success don't really help you mm-hmm. when you want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like I have relatives that are, you know, really struggle mm-hmm. health wealth there's all kinds of issues but they're happy so if you see that you just go okay the ingredients for life don't need to be wealth or they don't need to be this thing that other people tell you is important uh so the short term you know giving up the short term for the long term that includes some really tough things like time with your kids um you know, I apologies to my kids if you ever download this podcast <laughs> and you're like, oh, my dad was talking about us. Uh, I am. I love him. I give everything to him. I, 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 I do. I give it all up tomorrow for him if I had to. But I'm also putting in way too much time. I'm sacrificing time with them so that in five years and ten years they can say, you know what? I want to do what my dad did. I'm looking at that and I'm saying he struggled. Mm. He didn't come home happy every night. He had a short temper, but he never was dissatisfied with his life. And he never said it wasn't worth it. Mm. Um, and, and like, and, and there's like, I get, I get in trouble sometimes internally within the company for being too high level. You know, like my head kind of spins in all directions and I'm, you know, have this this 10-year vision of like what we could do and where we could be and the kind of change we could make in the world um but it has to it has to come down to today at points Mm. so even though you have to take this vision this five-year 10-year 20-year vision of what you could do the kind of change you could make in the world when people buy in and you have a team and you have a lot of people believe in what you're doing and support it what you could do with that you still have to say what do we get done today so there's still a short term to this but i think you can get lost in chasing you know a big invoice or chasing the next expansion or chasing this next client and saying like are we is my team good am i still following the right course that i chartered for myself um I need to take a breath here and in my team, take a breather and check in 
and then and even bigger than that to say like is this is this the right thing to be doing to always ask the question like those big questions of like who am i why am i here where am i going mm-hmm. um because the 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 short term is the money because the money comes and goes but the long term is the purpose and the satisfaction of mm-hmm. of your work and the relationships and and i saw uh, and this is kind of where this comes from is i saw my dad worked with a lot of indigenous communities had a lot of great wins but he had a reputation and i came in behind him and people were telling me all about him oh you're so-and-so's son because mm. i have right. such a weird last name they knew me right away like they're just right. like yeah. yeah exactly you're, you're you're ravies <laughs> Ravy, <laughs> that is son they they gravy yeah, he's gonna hate, that's not doesn't come off as well he's gonna hate that. uh but you know they're like oh you're so-and-so's son i was like yeah yeah and so i saw reputation and i saw mm-hmm. that kind of intergenerational thinking and and how that's important yeah um so i just came with a lot of that long-termism right so back to your kids for a second how old are your kids Can I ask? eight and eleven eight and eleven two boys so yeah. some of the stuff shout out said, emmett and charlie <laughs> love it have you had some of those conversations in what you just said with them about, hey, dad's missing this, not coming home as early as it'd be liked or whatever? Are, are you I, I about to sing Cats in the Cradle over there? Or I, what? I, I, I don't know if, it, could, Alex, when you have kids, I don't know if you're going to yeah. ever want to point out your failings to your kids. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just curious. because, well, uh, And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. Yeah. I'm just, it's because whether it's your kids or mm-hmm. a spouse or mm-hmm. friends or your parent whatever it is it's like i do i think you're right for extremely driven part like purpose driven impactfully minded individuals it there is that sacrifice yeah. on like a personal relational friend family level and, yeah. it's like, and how do you deal with that yeah i i bring them in right we have i i, I had my 11 uh, year old help me process it uh checks uh mm. the other day because they, they oh dad got this check and, you know they, i'm like that sounds good but you need to see how yeah i'm putting it in and i'm doing all the work around this payment that from the client and then i'm going to write checks to my staff and our right. subcontractors and i showed him i'm like it goes out yeah right the money comes <laughs> yep. in and it goes out it whoa does. you make that much <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like yeah, yeah well i'll look at the bottom line yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're like yeah and watch all this money leave yeah that's um, why you yeah. cannot get that switch game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scott <laughs> Shout out to your kids. Shout out to my kids. Um, yeah. So I. So I. I. It's tough. It's not. It's not an easy one. And I, I think I tried to get my time in early with the kids. I said when, when they were born and before I started the businesses, I was like, dad of the year type material. Mm-hmm. It was like, and so in my mind, I try to say like, it, it might sound a little crass, but I'm like, we had some good years. Yeah. And there's going to be some lean years. Mm-hmm. And. There's no way around it, and you just have to you just have to be extremely honest with yourself and with them, and that's the motivation, yeah, to 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 do it right, to win, to to you know chase this like impossible goal that no everyone else kind of walked past and said nope, yep. can't fix it, yep, can't fix it, or <clears throat> or other people will look at it and say, oh, I just wish I could find or, the time, or I want to do yeah. this or that, and. And that's the thing is like that. That's why I asked this question is because yeah. this stuff requires a choice, and it requires a sacrifice. And that doesn't mean just like 
oh, trying to manage the struggles of cash flow totally. or the struggles of people or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. it is an intentional choice where it's like, I'm going to spend time doing this thing versus with my kids. Yeah, totally. You're give, you, you say yes to something, you're giving up something. Yeah. These. And that is something which so many people who are these hustle and mm-hmm. grind and do what it takes entrepreneurs, air quotes, that then are also saying, well, you know, well, no, I'm, I, I, I can't. I have to spend time. Uh, right. The thing is, is that what, like, what I've noticed too is when I was spending time at work, but I wasn't fulfilled, I was giving up time with my kids and the time I was spending with them was also not impactful. Mm-hmm. But when you are doing the things that you love and you show the people around you, like you mentioned, like, hey, these are things that I love and I'm living a fulfilled life and you should be going after that too. The time that you spend with them is more precious oh, and yeah. you use it better. Totally, yeah. We we got them, like, they, they're in football, both of them. Yeah. And I'm out there throwing the ball with them for nice. for four hours on Sundays. Right. When we go when we go out for their games and stuff. And, yeah. And we have a blast. We just, we it's yeah. just, it's the greatest time that I have in my life is out there with them in that moment. Right. And we get rained on, we yeah. get snowed on, yeah. and we're still loving yeah. it. And, and it's kind of, a, you know, a bit of a metaphor. It's like, mm-hmm. whatever the weather, we're here, yeah. and we mm-hmm. might as well enjoy it. So it's really, it is this thing where it's like, hey, it's a, time does not mean impact. It's deep, mm-hmm. right? A, a focus on a deep and impactful, meaningful, fulfilled relationship, and not this wide. And, and an openness right. to, to say, like, it's not what I thought it would be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I thought I'd be like the dad who saw the kids first step and, and when they were got to ride the bike and they're, the, and I'm there when they get their first girlfriend and, mm-hmm. and this idealized version and this pressure to put on yourselves for everything. Like it's everywhere. It's so, mm-hmm. oh. so, um, pernicious and I'll break up another $10 word. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mark it down. That's the quota for the podcast, uh, that, that it just seeps into everything. A short termism, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I, uh, I had to go and uh, um, get in line for this new phone, or I had to go get my Instagram shot over here, or I had to go do this, and like, why didn't you bring me with you? Why didn't yeah. you take me along with you? Like, I fully intend to put my kids in the pickup and mm. try and bring them out to the community when when they're old enough. Like, so, you know, I. Was, I think we should know by now school's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> if you can do it over a, if you can do it on an iPad over Zoom, they're probably going to be good if they hop in the truck with me for a day and go mm-hmm. and, and meet a new community and see some of yeah. these projects and yep. and get to see dad at work. So, you know, I think that's also a a learning from the pandemic is like that time is just as valuable as like schooling and mm-hmm. and the education they're getting from other people. It's, you know, you also need they need to learn to how how to be a dad that balances work and family and to be okay with it and and that it's okay to not be perfect that's the other thing too yeah. is like um getting them to be okay with failure by showing that you are failing mm-hmm. like that you're not perfect and don't get me wrong when the kids know that you got flaws <laughs> Sometimes they take oh, advantage, sure. you know, try and roll you for some of that, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> but good for them. Better, better that than, you know, later on in life when it gets, uh, gets a little bit more high risk hmm. reward type stuff. So, 
No, that's cool. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Oh, my, my pleasure. Well, well, I think with that, we can wrap things up. That felt pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought we'd go two hours. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. No, I don't want to be that guy. Here we go. I don't want to be that guy. Well, I guess that wraps up another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. Uh, Sean, thank you for stepping in for Gabe. And uh, most importantly, Stevie V. Stevie V. Thank you for taking the time. This has been a true pleasure, and I can't wait for the next one. Pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you.